and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin, and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture, and we can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I hope you had a lovely holiday, whatever you choose to celebrate. I actually hosted at my house for five of my family members this year, and it was incredibly stressful. I find Christmas holidays an actual nightmare. Even the thought of it freaks me out. It starts in October when people start asking me what I want. I hate it, or where I'm going. The thought of it freaks me out. The stress of buying presents, socialising, it's just not for me. But I do love seeing everyone. I do have crippling anxiety, so it's not great, but I'm very lucky to have loads of family members that I can celebrate with. So I hope yours was really lovely too. And let's get on with our wonderful holiday special. The weather outside is still frightful. So we are looking at an equally snowy and scary monster this week, which screams winter time. Yes, it is the Yeti from Sherpa and Tibetan folklore and cryptozoology, neither of which we've covered before on the podcast before, so that's also super fun. But firstly, welcome to the Himalayas! If I didn't put that in there, I would have been so upset for myself because I'm a massive Monsters Inc. fan. But the Yeti is a monster which is usually described as a bipedal ape man with white fur, massive sharp teeth, horns, and they're at least seven foot tall. They are primate looking creatures with massive feet and hands, whilst of course being incredibly strong. They're usually considered to be incredibly aggressive and tend to stay away from people and live in cave groups, usually coming out to eat whatever they can find in the wilderness of the cold mountains. They're mainly noticed when they leave large footprints in the snow, but otherwise they do tend to keep to themselves. Humans only really bump into them when they're hunting at night or if they are seeking refuge in a cave that a yeti is living in. However, in contrast to all of this, this is actually just a flung together myth of all of the different types of yeti. Yes, there are different types of yeti, but all of these have been put together and used to classify the type of yeti that you may have seen in modern media or you would expect to see if you're adventuring through the Himalayas for some reason. I'm going to teach you about the different types of yeti, not just this stereotypical one that I've just described, because that's it. That's all there is to that one, unfortunately. But the three types of yeti within Tibetan culture are the Nalamo, the Chuti, and the Rangshimbombo, which have been identified by cryptozoologists throughout history. There are actually records of these three types of yetis, so we can't even package them into a nice sandwich yeti. There are different types. Surprisingly, it's actually very uncommon for yeti to have white or grey hair. They are mostly brown or reddish coloured, and therefore they do stick out in the white snow. They do look very, very similar to their Sasquatch cousins, which of course I'll get into more later. The more ape-man yeti that we tend to think of are the chuti, or the true yeti. These are the ones that most often leave their footprints in the snow and are considered the closest to humans in the way they look. They're around 8 foot tall and have reddish brown hair, 
a pointed head and a monkey-like face. They're generally peaceful creatures and they live up in the mountain forests at around 8,000 to 10,000 feet in altitude. The smaller ones, the Rangshimbombo or Little Yeti, they are said to be around 3 foot in height and have a reddish-grey kind of hair. They're usually within the warmer lands and tend to live in the mountain valleys at ground level below the snow line, where they eat smaller animals. Sometimes it's said that these type of yetis are actually all female, or even juvenile ones that live below the mountain, waiting for the older male yeti to come back to their homes. However, we're not actually sure of this, of course, it's cryptozoology, so they could just be small yetis, we're not entirely sure. Lastly, we have the Nailamo, or the Big Yeti. These ones are actually more quadrupedal, but they can walk bipedally too, standing at least 8 to 10.5 feet tall with very dark hair. They are actually more the ones that we think of, these rampaging yetis. However, they do have the dark hair. They are massive, of course, and they are known to be the most aggressive. They are more bear-like than ape-like, and they're immensely strong and wild, often known for attacking yaks living in the mountains, and they rip their heads off by yanking their horns and twisting them round to kill them, which massively disturbs local farmers, as you can imagine. They live in the topmost part of the mountains, between 15 and 18,000 feet up, enduring possibly the coldest part of the mountains for food and also a limited oxygen supply. So there's definitely something going on in terms of their biology that makes them able to survive in these sub-zero temperatures as well as almost sub-zero pressure environments. Now, as I said, these ones are especially aggressive and are definitely more the ones people think of when describing a yeti. They think of that on all fours charging at them quite big. You don't usually think of the abominable snowman from Monsters, Inc. offering you a snow cone. But sometimes it's even considered a completely different monster in comparison to the others due to its size and massively aggressive nature. But we will keep it in here for ease, I suppose. But it is technically a type of yeti, so it does kind of count. These monsters, as I said, live in the Himalayan mountains, which is situated between China, Tibet, Nepal, India and Bhutan. There are actually very few sightings from Westerners, but the people of Tibet especially really do believe this monster exists and have claimed to see them more than most. For obvious reasons, of course, most Westerners will not venture up to the Himalayas unless scaling the mountains of Everest, or of course the other big ones within the Himalayan range. But locals do tend to venture up there for foraging or hunting purposes and therefore are more likely to spot them other than tourists. Yeti, in general though, tend to eat whatever gets in their way, and looks decent enough to be eaten by them. However, up at these heights, yaks are particularly delicious looking, but sometimes even bears can be eaten by yeti that are larger than them. They are known to just leave the bones and the fur of the creatures they devour behind, which the locals would then fashion into something warm for the local populace. So they are quite aggressive and quite scary to be completely frank. I'm sure they wouldn't hesitate to eat a person, but we are particularly bony. I did mention Sasquatches earlier, and it is commonly believed that Yeti are a type of Sasquatch that has adapted to the icy regions of the Himalayas. 
Now, due to their ape-like looks and actions, as well as their elusive nature, they are very often put in the same category of this type of monster, the ape man. However, the most common misconception is that yetis are white, as I said, which due to this podcast, hopefully, you should now know that they actually have very dark hair and therefore do end up looking very, very similar to their American cousins, such as the Sasquatch or Bigfoot, as we like to call them but very different to the black or brown from across the pond. So they do have that differentiation with the reddish brown that they have and the dark hair that the Sasquatch and Bigfoot do in the States. So there is still a difference, but they're very often put together and sometimes they're even mentioned as a member of the Sasquatch family. We just don't know, unfortunately. They are both cryptids. It's very hard to differentiate and actually to put them in the same category because we just don't know enough about them. But let's move on to their etymology. They actually have two, as they are very often called two different names, both of which you will know, and I have mentioned both of them so far. But the Yeti is derived from the Tibetan word Yacha, which comes from Ya, meaning rocky, and Ch, meaning bear. Although rocky bear doesn't really summarise our monster too well, but you can kind of get the gist of it, I suppose. The other term for them is Abominable Snowman, which was a term coined by the British in 1921 when Lieutenant Colonel Charles Howard Burry led the British Mount Everest Reconnaissance Expedition. He wrote about what he heard from the locals and found footprints at about 21,000 feet up, which he thought were originally caused by a great grey wolf, but then rethought and figured they looked more like a man's. When he told his Tibetan guys about this, they said they belonged to the wild man of the snows and called it Metokangmi, meaning man-bear-snowman. Then a journalist got wind of this in India and wrote about the expedition, but mistranslated the word meto, or man-bear, to filthy. And this then changed to abominable, which is where this term came from. Great etymology this week. Honestly, if you're a long-term listener, you'll know... I live for great etymology. It's a great deep dive. I will say that finding Tibetan resources is quite tricky, especially pronunciation. So if you're Tibetan or from anywhere around there that uses that language, I am so sorry. I probably just butchered that. Apologies. In terms of their history, we know that they've been around for a great deal of time through word of mouth. And we know that this is pre-19th century as the first noted explorer to have an interaction involving Yeti, said that they existed in pre-Buddhist beliefs of the people in the Himalayas. They would worship a glacier being as a god of the hunt, and believe that the blood of the wild man was a powerful tool for rituals. It was then adopted into Tibetan Buddhism as a non-human animal, which you could hear in stories helping religious figures, or sometimes even as guardians against evil spirits. In some texts, they are even celebrated or worshipped because of this, but in others, they are considered enforcers of Dharma, or cosmic law and order, and so seeing or hearing one was generally considered a bad omen, implying you were about to shift something out of balance. The first ever mention of the Yeti in text was in 1832 by an English writer, because, of course, it makes sense, we, we do everything in text, don't we? But he published other British explorers' findings when venturing around northern Nepal. The explorer, B.H.H. Hodgson, 
went exploring with two guides who spotted the monster and ran away in fear, but he concluded that they had just seen an orangutan, which is a very typical British thing to do. We are not a very superstitious bunch, if I'm completely honest, but it was completely written off as something totally normal, orangutan. Perfect. Then it was mentioned again in 1899 in Lawrence Waddell's exploratory book Among the Himalayas, where he found a bunch of ape-like prints and concluded that they were a bear this time, whilst choosing to believe that the Nepalese people telling him stories of these creatures were poppycock. The sightings of these monsters picked up in the 20th century, with mentions of them from 1925 all the way through to 1983, mostly of course made by mountaineers or explorers throughout the 1900s. And actually, in 1983, an American scholar, Daniel C. Taylor, went on the biggest expedition yet to find proof of the Yeti, and found skulls and footprints that are still on show at the British Museum and the Smithsonian Institution to this day. However, it was concluded eventually that they were most likely tree bears, so something like a koala, rather than anything ape-like at the time. There is of course the big issue here that the British and the Americans do like to write stuff down, but these myths have been going on for much, much longer than any of these publications through the natives and the locals. We know this, but the British and the Americans were very good at colonialism and having empires, and they're also quite good at writing things down and putting them in museums, along with things they stole. So we have that. It's annoying, but unfortunately true. Now, this obsession with the Yeti went on into the 21st century, with more and more expeditions going out thanks to the development of better technology and snow-slash-cold-safe gear, with even the BBC going out to investigate in 2008 and comparing hair found in the region to those of regular apes. However, it came back to show that it was actually Himalayan goral hair, which is a type of local goat. This monster has also not been without its hoaxes. Much like the Bigfoot hoaxes that we all know and love in the cryptid community, the biggest one was actually quite recent in 2011 in Russia. A hunter reportedly had seen a bear-like creature trying to kill a sheep, but was scared off by gunfire. It was said that the Border Patrol found two female ape-like beings and detained them. Turns out it was all a publicity hoax. No one is sure why, but some people believed it was for charity. I couldn't find anything else on this, but I did think that was quite weird. Of course, in terms of explanations, I have already covered a few here. It's believed that the Yeti could just be a big bear species, or maybe one of the very rare tree bear species living in this region. There's actually an incredibly rare Himalayan brown bear, or there's also the Tibetan blue bear, which could explain the rare sightings and the lack of being able to get DNA from this creature, as they can both walk on all fours or on two legs, and are generally quite rare to see, and I imagine to get hair from. It could even be a great yak species that has evolved smaller over the years that this myth has been about, as we all know that this is very common within this area too, although a little harder to imagine being misidentified as giant monkeys from a yak, I suppose. Another great explanation is that of an extinct giant ape called Giantopithecus. However, it is said that this ape was quadrupedal and that they think it actually evolved into the apes we know today, as well as the only quadrupedal ape, the orangutan, 
which of course are endangered themselves and even potentially us down the line, which we know evolved from apes. I will say, if you don't believe in evolution, this podcast is definitely not for you. Please don't try and reason with me on this one. I would consider you an idiot, quite frankly. There's no arguing with you. Please don't bother. Lastly, in 2013, there was a call out from Oxford University here in the UK to anyone claiming to have a Yeti sample and bring it in for DNA analysis. Some really interesting results came up with two samples from India and Bhutan. These both link to a polar bear dwarf from Svalbard, which is an island just off of Norway that dated back 120,000 years ago, which is just wild. However, it has been concluded that the Himalayas are far too inland for polar bears to ever be, so it might have been imported or it was a hoax itself. Most of them came back though as either domestic dog hair, Asiatic black bears, Tibetan blue bears and that rare Himalayan brown bear, which is really great for those rarer species as we now have a good indication that they're still about and we actually have DNA samples from them. To finish off too, they are a beloved monster in Nepal and Tibet. There's even a domestic airline in Nepal called Yeti Airlines, and they were the mascot for the Visit Nepal campaign in 2020, although maybe not the best year to travel. If you're into Disney lore too, they're the main monster in the Expedition Everest ride in Animal Kingdom, and they have a 25-foot audio animatronic of the Yeti on this ride. I have seen it myself in Florida Disney. You can also see it on the Matterhorn bobsled ride if you're into this stuff, at least. I think it's quite interesting. Some people are well into Disney lore, but that's a fun fact. Now, onto modern media. There are loads, so I really hope you're ready for this one. Special style, of course, I have whittled them down by how often they feature or how prevalent they are in the show, movie or video game. So if you've seen something with a Yeti in only one episode, for example... I'm probably not going to mention it just for the sake of time and not to bombard you with a whole load of stuff. So here we go. For art, it's a cryptid, so there's not much this time around, but always look into independent stuff. There's some really cool artwork with these monsters. In movies, we have Abominable, Missing Link, Rise of the Guardians, Everest, Monsters Inc., Smallfoot, The Abominable Snowman, Cabin in the Woods, The Snow Creature, Man Beast, Half Human, The Werewolf and the Yeti, Yeti, Curse of the Snow Demon, Caveman, The Mighty Peking Man, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, Seven Faces of Dr. Lau, Shriek of the Mutilated, Snow Beast, Star Wars, To Catch a Yeti, Yeti, A Love Story, Yeti, Giant of the 20th Century, and Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. For TV, we have Digimon, Expedition Unknown, One Piece, Goblin Slayer, the Electric Company, Doctor Who, The Mighty Boosh, Lost Tapes, Power Rangers, Ultraman, Salvage One, Castle, Natural History Museum Alive, Criminal Minds Beyond Borders, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Backyardigans, Ben 10, DuckTales, Futurama, Donkey Kong Country, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Camp Laszlo, Johnny Quest, Men in Black the Series, the Legend of the Three Caballeros, Monster High, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Regular Show, Roswell Conspiracies, Aliens, Myths and Legends, Scooby-Doo, The Secret Saturdays, Thundercats, Total Drama, Summer Camp Island, The Smurfs, 
Wish Fart, The Wild Thornberries, and We Bear Bears. Lastly, in video games, we have ones such as Alpina, Animal Crossing, Atlantis The Lost Empire, Aztec Wars, Quake, Battle for Westnoth, Bug, Castlevania, Order of Ecclesia, Darkstalkers, Diablo, Eternal Card Game, Fairune 2, Far Cry 4, Final Fantasy 6, Guild Wars, Skylanders, Super Mario Odyssey, League of Legends, King's Quest, Hytale, Legend of Zelda, Mega Man X8, Mother 3, New Hack, Nibblers, Overlord 2, Plants vs. Zombies, Primal Rage, Pokemon, Ratchet and Clank Going Commando, Scooby-Doo and the Spooky Swamp, The Simpsons, Bart vs. The World, Ski Free, My Nuts, Splunky, Spyro Year of the Dragon, Spyro 2, Ripto's Rage, Titan Quest, Top Hunter, Roddy and Kathy, Village Monsters, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Zoo Tycoon, World's End Club, Viva Piñata and Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. My book recommendation for this week is for Yeti, An Abominable History by Graham Hoyland, which is a great in-depth book on the history of yetis and their links to other monsters and their surroundings. He's got specific examples and stories in there as well if you're interested in that. Or for a more scientific kind of look at Sasquatches and stuff, you can look at The Ape Man, Bigfoot, Yeti and The Last Neanderthal, A Geneticist's Search for the Modern Ape Man by Brian Sykes which is a great one for looking into Sasquatches and if they exist or not, which is always interesting, especially if you're into the whole Bigfoot myth too. Now it's time for Do I think they existed? No, I'm sorry. It's a pretty easy one for me this week. I think it's a massive case of misidentification and a nice added zest of hoaxing in here. I think it's probably been a bear that's gotten smaller and rarer over time. It's been spotted. And people just love to make stuff up in foreign lands that might kill and eat them. Are the Himalayas not dangerous enough without a giant ape man running around? However, I do always love it when popular myths like this get some proper airtime and scientists do start to look into them to see if we can prove they exist. So I am very grateful that these hoaxes bring so much exposure to these monsters from time to time. Of course, it doesn't happen as much with these smaller monsters, but... We really like to hope someday that someone will actually prove that Mothman exists. The debate about Sasquatches and Bigfoot of course continues, and to be honest, so does the Yeti as long as it's involved in the same conversation as the other two. So will we ever find peace from the Sasquatch myth? I don't think so. For as long as there are cryptozoologists and documentaries, we will keep looking into these monsters, I am sure. Although, I will say the amount of times I said welcome to the Himalayas when writing and recording this episode that I ended up taking out is quite unreal. Honestly, you're quite lucky you just got one. But snow cone? They're lemon flavoured! But what do you think? Did the Yeti roam the mountains of the Himalayas? Let me know on Twitter. I would really love to know what you think about this one, especially for our little holiday special. But that's it for this year, folks. What a fantastic second year you have granted me doing this podcast. As always, thank you so much for your ongoing support and for tuning in. You make it super fun to keep doing this. But I hope you all have a fabulous new year, however you spend it, and make sure you keep safe. I'm personally going up to Manchester and the Lake District, so up north in the UK, for a lovely new year on the lakes with my family. 
So I hope yours is as fantastic or even more fantastic than that. Next week, though, we are heading into the new year and going over to Korea for the first time to look at another fabulous hybrid monster, the Imonjo. Get ready to be schooled by this clever bird and hide your mirrors next Thursday for this wonderful beastie. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next. And I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast. And the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me A Coffee and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky and I'll see you later, babes. <laughs> <laughs>